Hey, welcome back to Life Mastery. My name is Ntlantla, and I'm happy that you've joined us once again in this podcast, and we want to help you to become the best version of yourself so that nobody can ignore you. As you join in, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get more notification as soon as a new podcast is published. And remember, give us your feedback after the podcast. Let's take a listen. Where did we go wrong? How did we go wrong? When did we go wrong? I wanna know. I think that's a question that every young person who's grappling with the challenges of life is in one way or another asking him or herself is to say, Where did we go wrong? What is it that we have done wrong as young people or that you have done wrong as young people that you go through the challenges of life the way it is today? I had a conversation some weeks back with some very old leaders in in the profession where I operate and I asked them, should the few young upcoming generation of these professionals blame you who were there 15 years ago and 20 years ago for the decisions that you did not make in this profession, decisions that you did not make that would have secured their life in this profession, or the decisions that you made that destroyed the profession. In one way or another, There are challenges that faces all of us every day. And some of these challenges, they come from somewhere where one decision wasn't made or when where one decision was made. And that particular decision contributed to bigger, long-term challenges that we are suffering today. But particularly of interest is the challenges that young people are facing across the globe today. I read a statement some time, I think it was published in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, where they wrote, they were ranking happiest, happiness, it was a happiness index. And South Africa was amongst the lowest. And one of the reasons they were showing was the issues of instability, economic instability, political instability, the lack of employment opportunities, and so on and so forth. So people became unhappy. There was a lot of violence different kind of violence, people were dying of contact crimes. And all these things are affecting every one of us. There are young people who contemplate suicide each and every day. There are young people who are quitting schools. As a matter of fact, the the Basic Education Ministry of South Africa wrote and published a report, I think it was when they announced the metric results for the 2021, that the dropout rate has grown from just over 230,000 kids about 10 years ago to just over 700,000 kids who drop out of high school in, in the recent years. And that tells you that there's a challenge that is going on. And I want to quickly share with you 
10 challenges that are facing young people in South Africa today that maybe as we discuss them, you will find solutions and you will find wisdom and inspiration. If not, you will find a conviction, a new conviction to contribute to society in solving these problems, right? And I hope you take this podcast and sit with other people and discuss just one challenge and say, how do we tackle this one particular challenge? Because they will cover a different divide of schemes and, and spectrums, as well as sectors of society where the solutions can actually come from. The first challenge that I want to talk about, it's not what you're thinking about, but it's suicide or other mental health challenges. There are many young people today who are contemplating suicide. There's a great deal of young people, not only young people, even adults actually, contemplating suicide. They are where a person did not think, did not commit suicide, they have thought of suicide. And to those that have thought of suicide, some of them have gone to an extent of attempting suicide. The demand of life is very competitive and sometimes it's very high pressured, such that the competition and the pressure that life creates makes people not want to continue with life. The young married couples or young married husband would feel like he he can't cope with the demand of his wife for the provision of finances. Therefore, he goes on to make financial mistakes, which then cripple his mind when he can't pay back. He struggles with other commitment within the family. He struggles with lack of employment or he lost his job and now he can no longer provide for his family. It creates so much pressure that sometimes people can't deal with it. In 2009, a gentleman named James Merkel jumped in front of a speeding train and committed suicide after his business had lost a significant amount of money or assets during the global economic meltdown and his family wrote he couldn't take it anymore. This man used to be among the top 100 billionaires, according to Forbes, around 2006. But in 2008, he jumped in front of a a speeding train to commit suicide. Why? Because the competitive nature of life and the pressures of life can sometimes gripple with your mind such that your mind loses the battle against it. More young people today are committing suicide. In fact, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group reported that there are 23 known suicide cases per day in South Africa. Before the pandemic, they received just over 600 calls per day from people seeking help to cope with stress and other depressive psychosocial stresses. In September 2021, they reported just over 2,200 calls per day from people who were battling with mental stresses. Reach out to someone today who may be going through something tough in their life, who needs help, be it a young person, be it an adult, reach out to somebody. You probably have seen somebody and they need help. The second challenge that people are facing, particularly young people for, 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 for the sake of this context or this podcast, is fatherlessness and child-headed families. The Sub-Saharan Africa report reported that there are at least 51 out of 100 children that live without their fathers in the same house. And a great number of this child of these children are actually living in child-headed families. I mean, if you say 51 out of 100, that tells you that there's a lot going on about men who create or sow the seeds of children and for some reason, they're not there. And there were various challenges, of course, for various reasons. Some, they died. 
Some they separated with the mother. Some they never got a chance to be there for various reasons. Some they just ran away immediately. They were told that they are going to be a father. Some they are actually working far from home and their work circumstances does not allow them to be very close to the family. They are there, they're still alive, but the children are somewhere. Now, where the parents have died, it actually creates this fatherless and child-headed families. And it also comes with its own systemic challenges by itself. The impact here is a child who grows without his or her father is more likely to turn out to be bad in terms of bad behavior, more likely to turn out to be a drunkard, more likely to fall into drugs or commit social crimes. They could end up in prison. The rate is even much higher for those that have their fathers in one way or another, even if their fathers are not very close, but if they have contact, a positive contact with their fathers. They are more likely to drop out of school compared to the children who live with, their, with both their parents. And if it's a girl, it's more likely to fall pregnant early than one who stays with his father in the same house. The causes of this problem are very limited, but the impact has got a profound economic impact. It does not mean that people who are raised by single parents do not actually turn out to be well. They, Most of them that I've seen, that you know probably, have turned out very well. But the impact on the child to grow up without the father has been socially proven, scientifically proven, to cause very serious social impact. The third challenge is shameless and wayward thinking. The value of life have been diminished through disrespectful and living and, and, and living without shame. You know, today young people are not ashamed of standing before an old person and speak as if they're speaking to a person without dignity, without regard of how they feel. They can walk when I when I was young, I was taught that when you are standing in a queue for a service and an older person appears, you should respect them sufficiently to allow them to take the front space. When you go to banks, for example, they've got express lanes for older people where they do not queue longer than the younger ones for various reasons, of course. Even when you go to hospitals, you'll find it like that. But today, young people have no respect. They have, sometimes they don't even have a respect for themselves. I have seen young people given jobs and they get employment. Once they are working, they quit their job because they feel they are not, they are not respected well enough, but it's because they themselves do not respect the system. There's so many young people today who don't have regard for themselves, such that walking in a shameless way. We used to live in a society where people respected their bodies, where people respected other people, where people had um, positive feelings for other people and felt for them in such a way that they were considerable. Today, it's a different case altogether. The fourth challenge is lack of employment opportunities. Seven out of ten young people in South Africa, young people who are employable, qualified with matric or with university qualification or post high school qualification, seven out of ten of those young people are unemployed. It could be even more. 
The formal job economy is shrinking and squeezing people into the street. I remember um, not long ago, I've seen restaurants who were introducing what you call self-service kiosk to order your food, to pay for your food and just go to collect. Now, even clothing outlets are introducing the selfless, the, 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 the self-service kiosk where you come with your own grocery and you pay at a machine without a human being and peck by yourself, without another person assisting you. That takes away employment. In the agricultural sector where it, it is one of the highly, it's a high, it's a labor intensive industry, they are introducing automated tractors that are able to do fast harvesting, clean up material, uh, the harvest, and, and be able to aggregate it and package it properly. That takes away employment. The automation requires that we, as human beings, upskill ourselves to manage the automation, to be fit for purpose in the fourth industrial revolution. But at the same time, young people who are still at an entry level are struggling. Companies are also requiring that one comes with some form of experience, which you can only get through leadership, and the leaderships are also limited, but that is not a sustainable solution for the economy. The truth is, without jobs itself, the, the economy struggles to receive or to re recreate itself. The longer it goes, the harder it gets. All the people are filling the space up in the leadership uh, ranks in business, in politics, and many other things. In such a way, it's, it's almost as if replacing the older people would be detrimental to the economy. People who should be on pension, who are very, very old, are still occupying space. I've had not long ago the MEC for Health in Limpopo province lambasting on situations where the older people who are closer to pension, who are actually eager to get to complete their journey in their profession, are still taking up the spaces and opportunities of learning and training that could be given to the younger people so that they're even more fit for purpose. And that blockage, it creates some form of bottleneck, right? The, the, the unemployment rate itself should not even be confused with the fact that, with, with the thinking, so to say, that there are less problems. In fact, there are too many problems problems in the world, and most of them are serviced in, the, in, in a way that requires more people to act. But we don't have all the skills that are required. Those that are qualified do not know how to officially dispense themselves within the skill. They don't know how to officially sort of represent themselves in that particular space. But the unemployment creates or perpetuates crime. It perpetuates bad behavior. It's a risky socially and it's a risk economically. Challenge number five, it's failure to succeed in the education system with poor career choices. And we can also talk about the poor education system as a problem itself. And the reasons in this case is that the education system is not designed to produce thinkers. It's almost produced to build uh, or to breed out what you'd call laborers. It produces laborers. It produces the yes say, yes ma'am kind of people. It produces operators whose hands or whose heads know to nod up and down, not to think, to produce handy men. The education system is, is, is currently not able to cater for all of our problems in society. It's somewhat struggling. If you look at, for example, the pandemic, 23 countries in Africa could not fully could not fully open their schools in 2021. And that tells you that the education system was struggling. And that disruption of a year 
affected just over 405 million children and a total of 616 children were affected by the fall of the partial by the full of, of, of by, by the opening of the schools. once the schools sort of reopened we still had 606 million across the world who could not go back to school for various reasons once the school before once the schools closed during that part the pandemic in the beginning UNICEF reported that in low to middle income countries, 70% of the 10 year olds are unable to read and understand a simple text. That's a future slipping through our hands. You are listening to me right now in this podcast. You're a product of a school. What did it teach you? Yes, some of you taught, taught you medicine, it taught you engineering, it taught you to create a job, but not all the way. Some people need some form of handy training so that they educate themselves within a particular purpose and within the skill set that requires application in the economy. One teacher sent a letter to parents during the beginning of exams and, and, and wrote a statement that in this class there's an athlete and an actor whose algebra does not mean anything. Meaning the education system is not necessarily designed to help is is currently designed in a format that allows people to cram and reproduce instead of understand and apply. So what is the fundamental problem today in society? What is the problem in our field that requires some form of education? And who does the problem really affect? And how do we solve it? And how much do we solve the particular solution? This is what education should actually be teaching us to identify problems, come up with solutions, package the solutions and brand them and sell it to the population, to the world. Challenge number six, lack of good role models and mentors. And where they are available, they're often not accessible. Where they are accessible, they don't have time to do the mentoring. If you are a professional, a senior professional, how many young people have you exposed opportunities within your space? How many young people have you put under your wing, under you, to introduce and and mentor and share your expertise and share your knowledge and share your knowledge and share your your space where you are and share the platform or even introduce them to other mentors and to other opportunities? One man once said, we are able to see further today because we are standing on the shoulders of giants. Young people are choosing wrong careers, not because good careers don't exist, but because sometimes, especially in the poor communities, in our deep rural communities and in the low to, generally in the low to middle income countries, they don't have somebody that they've seen, that they could see who is doing something significant. When they see somebody doing something significant, they see them in the wrong way, driving a big car and not understand the other activities that the person could be doing. So their role models help in shaping the mindset the morale, the focus, the attitude, and the dream aspect of young people. Challenge number seven, we've got serious family problems in society, broken families. Many young people live in broken families. Could be the father and the mother not talking, or the father and mother don't care, or the father and the mother are just doing something that really is not supportive, is not conducive to the social growth and the behavioral and molding of a young person. Some of the young people live in families where they don't have support. They could be living with both the mother and the father, but they don't have proper support on how to become a child, on how to grow. I had a conversation the other day with one person who said she's a parent and she said she's observed from learning as well 
where teachers would tell them, comparing different children from different schools, and say, where a child is performing very well, either the mother or the father is fully involved in the education of the child. The child is very supportive. The parent is very supportive of that child. And in children that are not performing very well, the parents are not there. Even if they are there in the building, they're not there in the education of the child. They don't attend parents' meeting. They don't do anything to support the child in a way that the child would feel supported. In other children, other children are growing up in abusive families or where there's a lot of family violence. They're exposed to mothers beating, shouting, the, the, the parents beating each other, shouting at each other, and it affects the psyche of those children. But usually when the parents are doing it, they don't observe it as an impact. I once listened to a conversation on SAFM, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where, if, if not Metro FM, where one gentleman, where they were discussing one gentleman, this was also published in the newspaper article around 2019, where a gentleman said, he can't fall in love with women his age or just a little bit younger. He falls in love with women who are the age of his mother, when they ask him, why don't you fall in love with women your age? He said, they are not attractive. He's attracted to those older women. The reason why he was attracted, he said he grew up seeing old women naked or, or nude in a way. When the father told the mother in front of him to say, don't get undressed in front of the child, the mother would say, he's still young. He doesn't understand anything. He doesn't see anything. He's still young. But it affected this young boy. It affected him when he was young. Some children are living in houses where parents have divorced. The rate of divorce in the world today is very high and it's affecting the children. Usually when, during that moment when parents are divorcing, they focus, there's a possibility that they could focus on themselves to deal with their own unhappinesses. But during that moment, it breaks the children. Some children blame themselves for the divorce of their parents. Some children blame themselves for the separation of their parents. Or when one parent doesn't come back home because of quarrels between the two partners, the children blame themselves. They think it's them who caused either the mother or the father to go away. Sometimes they even blame themselves when they see a parent commit suicide. So this broken family really messes up the, child, the life of the children. In some cases, we have children who lose their loved one. They could be losing their siblings or they could be losing, losing their parents. In, in, in the black and poor community, we don't consider what you'd call trauma counseling important for the children. When a person passes on, we think nothing happened in the life of the child, but the child gets really messed up. They need psychological intervention. We need to send them for therapy. If you're a mother or a father, you're a parent or a guardian, you need to know if something traumatic happened to the child, you need to send the child for counseling. Some of your children don't fall asleep at night, not because the bed is uncomfortable, but because of a traumatic event that happened somewhere. It could be at school, they were, they were bullied. It could be in the family, they've observed something. They've observed the father beat the mother. They've observed the father being gunned down. It's happening in South Africa due to violence. We need to do something about it. We also have a lot of gender-based violence that is messing up the society. But that is a subject by itself. We can talk about it some other time. Challenge number eight is substance abuse and drug dependency today. Many young people are exposed to drugs. They, are, they manufacture their own drugs. 
Because of fear, they drop out from school. They become danger to themselves and danger to society. They become poor contributors in the formal economy. At the end of the day, because they drop out of school, they lose employment, the little that they could get. They become a problem even to their household, to their families. That is a challenge. That is a big, big challenge that needs to be sorted out. Challenge number nine, pressure of materialism. If you've looked, and I think this is coupled with the, the, the pressure of social media and social networking, where people cannot live without disconnecting from reality, you know, to social media. They, 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 they are fully disengaged from reality and so much engaged in social, in social media. And because of that, they have seen people presenting themselves in a particular image. Therefore, they push themselves, even drowning to death, to be able to build up that fake image that they don't really subscribe to. Social media created an illusion of reality. It is a big marketplace by itself if you look at it, but if, if it's not properly exploited and understood, social media can mess up how you think. If, if you look at the video imaging or the video platforms like uh, TikTok, they, they've designed, and Twitter, for example, they've designed their platforms to take up very short messaging platforms, very short video or very short content. Why? Because people can't, concentrate for longer they can engage with with content for longer though so they need a 30 minutes tease and scroll to the next one that is why people can actually formulate a very long conversation of opinionated conversation just over reading a headline of the news on twitter or on a newspaper website or in, on a news website not having read the full article because they don't have the attention capacity to pay attention for more than 15 minutes on content Therefore, they formulate their own opinion based on headlines. And this, because of we, the fact that we live on social media, we want to look rich. We want to appear rich. We want to take pictures with those that are elite and have money and, and who have moved to certain ranks so that we appear as though we are while we are not. So the tendency, the important thing to do is to become that which you want to be before you are that which you want to be. So that you attract the things that you really want by becoming the person who's worthy of those things. Maybe the last challenge for now, challenge number 10, is laziness and short attention span, as I've mentioned. Young people are lazy. They're lazy to think. They're lazy to work. They're lazy to form real, lasting connections. You see, I have learned that the desire of a lazy man will kill him because his desires are not satisfied. A lazy man buries his hand in a bowl of soup and finds it very difficult to bring it back to his mind. Lazy people, they pretend like they tolerate, that they've accepted and they're okay with failure. They get tormented at night when they're sleeping. They toss and toss on their bed of discomfort because of laziness. You see, laziness is a thief. It steals from you. It takes away from you. If you don't learn the ability to make moves and initiate action on your behalf, you will find yourself, because of that lack of capacity to discipline yourself, to move yourself, to act even when you don't want to act, you will find yourself being a slave in the hand of masters. 
The diligent people, they rule, but a lazy man will be put to forced labor. You will have to wake up at 4 o'clock, not because work is far, but because you are forced to be at work much earlier than normal. Why? Because of diligence. We're not undermining anyone who has to wake up at 4 for various reasons, of course. But we are saying when you are lazy, you will find yourself doing the jobs that requires that you be supervised and be given instruction at every second of your life. And life will be very difficult. When you are lazy, you miss opportunities and you regret a lot. Laziness is a thief. So you need to, to deal with that. Lend ability to differentiate and recognize opportunities and act on them by the future, by seizing the moment. Don't procrastinate and laze and lay off activities and actions that should be taken right now for tomorrow. You will regret it. So what was I talking about today? The challenges that are facing young people. You know them. There are many other challenges that we can talk about, that, but I just chose to just bring about 10 that we can talk about. We can talk about things like stress and poor time management, both poor body image and body shaming. It's one of the challenges that are facing young people today as we speak. And these challenges are very real. Poor self-identity or self-image. It's a challenge by itself. There are many other challenges that we can talk about, but I think this should be enough for today. Do send me your feedback. Look at the podcast notes and you'll see a link where you can send us feedback and share your opinion about the feedback. Type it or send a voice note and share this podcast with other people so that they can benefit as well. Ciao for now. If you really enjoyed this podcast, I'd like you to send me some feedback via voice note. And I'd also like you to take a moment to just share it with some of your friends on social media and on WhatsApp, in whichever medium that you use to communicate so that more people can get access to the, this podcast. We'd also like you to subscribe, actually, so that we can get you can get also get notifications when the new podcasts are published and also for us to be able to reach more people. The more you download, the more we have people liking the podcast, the more we reach others. Thank you very much. Let's meet again in the next podcast. Ciao.